Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to a slightly delayed Simon's Pro Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Sorry for the delay. Uh, Streamlabs had to update itself, and it took forever. But such is life. Welcome to everyone watching live right now on YouTube.com forward to Miller Report Rules. Welcome to everyone listening on the audio. Uh, if you can hear a vague rumbling, I have a fan on. The fan is staying on for the duration of the podcast. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen today. Uh, obviously, at 2 p.m. BST, we break. We go over to What Culture Wrestling to record uh, to watch ups and downs for Raw. Little behind the scenes factoid for you: that video took me three times as long to film today because it's so hot. In between segments, I had to go and put the fan in my face just to cool down because you can't have that on a video like that. It's really distracting. So we just have to do it. I do apologize, but thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it, as always. As you know, I'm over at SimonMiller316 on Instagram and Twitter. I'm over on Patreon at SimonMiller316. That's patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. And i got wrestling merchandise at SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. All the links in the bio below. Click around, have a look, see what you fancy. And of course, if you are live on YouTube with me right now, of course, again, thank you very much for joining me. If you're not, make sure you join in next time. But you can use the super chat button. That is the little dollar sign beneath the say something thing in the chat. You can ask whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. I will read it out. I will give you a shout out. And look, if it's something that we don't need to chat about because it's rude i'll still talk about it but we'll move past it as soon as possible so the big news of course is here we are sat on the 23rd of july 2019 and we had the raw reunion uh it was fun (laughs) it was entertaining it was certainly you know a good three hours from a tv standpoint but with that said it, I don't know what it achieved. And this is the thing that and I, I kind of am stumbled on today. I don't know why. It, it, I mean, you're doing a Raw reunion show because you want to pop a rating. And that's fine. That's, that's something that WWE needs to address at the moment. Their ratings aren't good. Um, neither are, you know, live attendances and merchandise. But it all kind of starts with TV ratings or so they say. So the only reason or the only fathomable reason I can come up with that you would get all the legends back is because, you know, bringing legends back will also bring back past fans, which makes perfect sense. There's logic there. But what you need to do when those past fans uh, arrive on the scene is you need to give them a window into 2019 WWE and say, wow, we've got this guy and we've got that guy and this guy is great and you should check around because look at this. And we didn't get any of that. We got one segment, which we'll talk about in a segment. The rest was just the old guard running through the current roster and, to me, just making it look like... What a joke. <laughs> what a joke these bunch of wrestlers are that we have. Wasn't it better in the past? And I don't understand that. Because we did that at Raw 25. Clearly didn't work because that's why we're here today. Uh, SmackDown 1000, we probably did something similar. That's not a great example. But, you know, this isn't a this is an argument that we, we've had before. I mean, I guess the uh, another one was in 2016 when Goldberg beat Kevin Owens for the Universal title. We can talk about that as well. And that was kind of different because at least Goldberg was on a run. But I never understand having... This block of TV, this three-hour block of TV, when 
you you know you can you can try and actually establish something different, and you know you're going to get a big rating, probably your biggest rating of the year, and you don't do anything to entice someone to come back. Because if you haven't watched WWE for say two years, what did you see last night other than Bray Wyatt, which I'll talk about in a sec? What did you see to convince you? that it was good to come back as a fan. Now, as I've learned post-doing ups and downs, so I look forward to getting all that backlash throughout the day, Ricochet was meant to be in the Degeneration X, the club spot, uh, also the OC, the original club. Uh, but apparently, he it's kind of too far. Apparently, he's got an elbow injury or an elbow infection or something, so he wasn't able to do anything. But then, you can, see, you can still put him on television. It doesn't have to be... Uh, oh, I just don't get it. So basically... Well, let's talk about the good stuff first, right? Actually, no, let's talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin because that's the title of the video. Let's talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Absolutely brilliant. Like, it's not a problem, but the problem for everything we've just talked about with Stone Cold is that he's still so good and he's done such a good job of protecting his character and he knows when to say no and he knows when it's a good idea to come back that when you do see him on Raw, it feels like a big deal. He feels like one of the biggest, if not the biggest WWE superstars ever. There's a buzz in the arena. He just cut a promo at the end, didn't stun anyone, there was no violence, and he didn't really say anything of note, and yet it was the most fun thing we've seen in ages, and that's because Stone Cold Steve Austin is one of a kind. Hence why the Attitude Era was as big as it was, because not only did you have Stone Cold Steve Austin, but you had The Rock, and they were able to play off each other, which just helped both of them. I mean, he really did a lot of nothing, he t but it was Stone Cold Steve Austin, so he made it feel like the greatest thing ever, and that's the sign of a superstar, that's the sign of a legend, that's the sign of a hero. And I wasn't so against that, you know, it was the last segment of the show, you'd already been through two and a half hours, you know, because he was out there with all the other legends, it was that that was kind of, that made sense in the context of what we were seeing. It was just shining a spotlight onto Stone Cold, who said, you know, he loves WWE. They'll always be his family. He loves the fans, so on and so forth. He'll still, you know, open up a can of whip ass as and when he has to. And that was a nice nostalgia moment where you could just walk away, going, you know what? That was fun, and I loved seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin, a guy I remember from my childhood or or whenever. You know, he almost transcends that. Even if you'd never see him, I bet you could probably watch those five, six, seven, eight minutes he was in the ring and go, man, who's that guy? He's really fascinating. So that that was great. That really was. And that's kind of what I thought more of this was going to be. And we didn't see Hulk Hogan that much. He came out here and did a little promo too. Same with Ric Flair. But again, be it just because Stone Cold is more... Re he's more relevant just because he's, he's his peak came after theirs. But it was the first time in a long time where, to me, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair didn't feel like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. And I don't know whether that's because they've been not overexposed. That's not the right word. There was just some, there was a disconnect there. When Stone Cold Steve Austin came, I was like, oh, wow. With Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair, I was like, oh, cool, it's Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. And really, it, all those three should be on the same pedestal. So that was, that was interesting. A quick shout out to Psycho, I think it is Psycho with a T in the super chat. Again, if you do want to ask a question, you do have anything to say, smash that super chat button and I will certainly get to you, no doubt. So thank you very much to Psycho 100. I appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, but then you had the two polar opposites. Like the Bray Wyatt segment I thought was great. Mick Foley's in the ring, teases going after the 24-7 championship, doesn't, says he's going to relive his favorite moment of Raw, which is when he won the title in 1999. Then the lights go funny, the music goes, Bray Wyatt's in the ring. He's got that mask on, he looks like a million bucks, and he puts the mandible call on Mick Foley and takes him out to a deathly silent arena who is probably in two equal minds. Well, do we boo him or cheer him? We love Mick Foley. Everybody loves Mick Foley, and yet he's 
He's attacking him. Now, look, I totally get it. It would have been better if he was able to sister Abigail him. But you have to, when you're dealing with legends or people past their prime, I mean, in the most respectful way possible, you have to go with what they can do. You don't want to kill them. You don't want to hurt them because that's no fun. And this was the easiest and safest way to do it. So I'm fine with that. As we said on a podcast here recently, I would have allowed Bray Wyatt to do it to Hulk Hogan because the bigger star you do it to, the more reaction you're going to get. But again, you've got to be realistic. It was never going to happen. Mick Foley is still a star of considerable note that when all was said and done, I thought Bray Wyatt was twice the badass that he was before he'd done this. And all credit to Mick Foley, who from day one is all, has always been about putting other people over and shining a spotlight on them. And Mick Foley now can say, hopefully Bray Wyatt ends up where we want him to, and Mick Foley is more than allowed to say that he was a part in ensuring that this new Bray Wyatt character got to where it needed to be. It was an awesome moment. It was... Exactly what it should have been. An old guy who we respect and we know has had success getting taken out by someone that needs the rub desperately, given everything that happened with Bray Wyatt version one, as we'll call him. Shout out to Matt Hardy. Goosebumps, I thought. It was so good. And that presentation, the way the weird music happens and then the dun, it really makes that character feel like a badass. So... Yeah, that is what I felt Raw Reunion should have been from start to finish. And Matthew Bailey in the super chat, thank you, Matthew. As he rightfully points out, to your point, DX made the OC look like geeks, and they did. Because it was Seth Rollins versus... Now, I kind of understand more, because Ricochet was meant to be in this spot. But still, I didn't know that beforehand. I only got to this insider information afterwards. And I understand that WWE has to work with that, but I'm still telling you what I saw on the television and how I reacted to it. So you're getting Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles, which is a weird match anyway. Because the OC, which again is a new name for the club, is feuding with Ricochet. So why is he not there? Commentary could have mentioned. Maybe they did and I missed it. It does happen. I don't think they did, but maybe they did. And if they did, you'll have to forgive me. That's my fault. But you've got Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. And then Gallows and Anderson are getting involved. So DX come out. I'm like, okay, that's cool. It's nice to see DX. They probably reunited a little bit too much at this stage. Law of Diminishing Returns. We talk about that all the time. But then when Gallows grabs Seth Rollins' foot for a second time and gets DQ'd, Road Dog comes out, x Buck comes out, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. And all they did was crap all over Luke Gallows, crap all over Carl Anderson, and crap all over AJ Styles. They beat them up. They threw them out the ring. And, and then they got Seth Rollins to say that they, they, can, they can suck it. Now, I understand that Ricochet was meant to be in that role. If Ricochet had been in that role, I would have a very different take on this, but he wasn't. Seth Rollins doesn't need that rub. The OC, absolutely, given they're a, a new group that's been around three weeks, they should have been laying out Shawn Michaels. And, and, and I understand why they don't. I get it. Wrestling is a very uh, egotistical and self-sustainable business. You do have to watch out for number one. I understand that. But from a fan's point of view, I just can't believe... We just jobbed out three guys that we really need to be a big deal right now to the road dog, right? Do you know what I mean? And that's nothing against the road dog. The road dog was brilliant back in the day, and he was brilliant here. The guy knows what to do when he's got a microphone in his hand. But if I'm John, and John's just tuned back into Raw after not watching it since 2015, and I see that, I bet, okay, great to see the road dog. Love the road dog when I was home. Kind of know who AJ Styles are. Kind of know Gallows and Anderson. Got jobbed out, looked like geeks. I'm not going to tune in next week. You go the other way, and those three absolutely destroy everybody in that ring. Fantastic. And that ties into everything else. There's just too many legends on the show. I would have got just as much out of this if it had been Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin. And what did Kevin Ash do? What did Scott Hall really do? What did X-Pac... I love X-Pac, by the way. I think X-Pac is a wonderful human being. But what did he do other than look a bit like Mike Kanellis? thought it was Mike Kanellis at first. Shout out to Chicken Salad in the Super Chat, who said, Why is the Boogeyman considered a legend? Well, I guess he's, he's legendary within the WWE. I think when we bring back um, 
when we bring back old wrestling uh, WWE guys, they're all considered legends. I mean, their contract for old dudes is a legend is a legends deal. I don't mind that so much. Look, you know, Marty Wright, I think is the guy's name. He did a good job. He's dedicated to the character, the gimmick. Uh, you know, it's nice to see old faces. I just thought there was too many, and it negated what, what, what this should have been. Like, if you're just doing it to pop a rating, put Stone Cold Steve Austin. But if you're doing it actually to try and cement, you know, your younger superstars going forward, let them take out the old guys. Let them beat the hell out of them. And, and we, it, we just didn't get it. And I, I, don't, I don't understand. I just don't understand it. Like, I really, I really, really, really don't understand it. And talking about Seth Rollins, he was just all over the place i don't know what has happened to seth rollins over the last few weeks like he did all that stuff on twitter with all osprey admittedly he apologized so that's good but this week he's cutting promos saying that dean ambrose that's john moxley is taking food off his table even though right now wwe has guaranteed contracts and they're making more money than ever he's, his new character is like some swami annoying <laughs> Like, child, that's how he came across on Miz TV. I don't get what's happened to Seth Rollins in the next six, last six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. All I know is that when this episode of Raw was done, I was like, I hope Brock Lesnar beats Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. And I don't think that was the plan. I don't think that was the plan at all. So that's a strange one. But yeah, and Miz, TV, Miz just sat there while Seth Rollins did all these weird impressions. It was very, 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 very bizarre. And look, I'm not saying it wasn't entertaining. I'm not saying it wasn't a fun show, because it was. Like seeing the Million Dollar Man buy the 24-7 title put a smile on my face, especially, cheap plunk, because I, I said I predicted that on my Twitter at Simon316 earlier in the day, and then it happened. I was like, ah, oh, sweet, I did it, I smashed it. But I just think coming out the other side, you wanted to do something where, like, yeah, where people could just get excited about what's next week. And this week, we kind of just threw everything out the window. There was no real story. There was no continuity. SummerSlam barely didn't exist. I did. I hate the fact there was a moment of Bliss and Miz TV. In what world would you put two talk shows on the same episode of Raw? I don't know. I know it's not the first time we've done it. It won't be the last, but I don't get it. But I did think the Becky Lynch Natalia stuff was good. And I thought it was... I'm not saying it did happen, but it felt like it was based in reality. You know, like Becky Lynch has felt that Natalia's never helped us since day one, had proof by saying as soon as Ronda Rousey was in that WrestleMania 35 main event against Becky Lynch, Natalia was going, I'll train you. That makes sense. And Natalia thinks that Becky Lynch has been disrespectful. Really good. Good brawl. It worked, and it was nice and simple. And that was one of the standout and the highlights to me. And I like John Cena coming out at the start too. That worked. If I'm tuning into a nostalgia-fueled show, and I get John Cena coming out, and a John Cena's obviously pumped up to be there and knows what he's doing, absolutely, then I'm ready to go. i got no problems with that whatsoever. The interaction with the Usos were good. Past, post the fact, I've seen a lot of people saying, should we really be, you know making light of DUIs. You know, I kind of agree with that. I didn't mention that on ups and downs. I see where people are coming from. So that's something to that's something to address down the line. But then that transitioning into the Usos versus the Revival with Devon Dudley in the Revival's corner, don't know why, but whatever. And um, you know, Rikishi in the Usos corner, of course, he's there, he's their dad. Fine tag match. We didn't do the ad break thing, which was nice. Usos win. I mean, we do need more tag teams on both brands because we've seen the Usos and the Revivals go around the houses a hundred times now. But it's a solid start. And again, I thought this is what we were going to do. We use Legend to transition into current day superstars to progress the storyline, get a couple of Legends around the ring, move on out. 
and then we didn't do that at all. Uh, and then FB Jew in the super chat, always being a good supporter. After spending four hours in A&E, I'm okay. That was going to be my first question. I'm glad. I was looking forward to you going through Raw. Thank gosh for Bray and Stone Cold. Thanks for making awesome vids. Well, you're very welcome. Obviously, at 2 p.m. BST today, it's around about 43 minutes time. Head over to What Culture Wrestling with me. I'll be there too as we do, do ups and downs for Raw. It's a weird episode because I was so hot, as already mentioned. Well, you'll see. Frequently Fly. In the super chat says, did you see Variety's article on WWE's rating woes? I did. And their Q2 report comes out this week. Apparently, they're going to be down year on year. And obviously, last time, the excuse that Vince McMahon had was it was because there weren't superstars. Well, the superstars were out with injury or they, they're away. You know, they couldn't feature them on TV. You can't say that now. They've got everybody. Like John Cena's gone away, but that's been the case for a couple of years. Maybe they'll be honest. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they'll get a bump from this episode of Raw, but I don't think it was future-proofed would be my... But I did see it. I thought it was an interesting article. Richard Dalloway, super chat. Just got out of jury duty in time to tip the hat. Well, Richard Dalloway, I was going to ask you what you were you were juring over, but you can't, of course, talk about it because that's illegal. But thank you very much for coming out of a uh, political and I would guess crime-focused day scenario to join me here on Simon Miller's wrestling show. And again... You can get in touch as well using the Super Chat. I'd appreciate it. All the money goes back into the podcast and supports us as we go forward. I think and another thing that kind of sums up the, 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 the rushedness of it is that Braun Strowman just had a random match before the main event where he pinned some jobber. And it was a cool match. He threw him around like he was a, a, bit, a bit of paper. And he, the guy was taking big bumps and just beat him. I mean, Braun Strowman even said beforehand, I'm going to kick this guy's ass in like two seconds. And he did. So... That was was kind of strange. But that kind of felt like we've got to get Braun involved in case some new people are watching and people will look at this guy and go, oh my gosh, he's a a giant. He's a gargantuan. You know, as always, the the thing with the most continuity and the most progression was the 24-7 title. I know it always ends back on our truth And that will... It will run its course in due time because it's just the same, you know, law of diminishing returns. We talk about it constantly. But, I mean, who won it? Obviously, Drake Maverick won it. And then Pat Patterson won it, and Gerald Briscoe won it, and Kelly Kelly won it, and Candice Michelle won it, Alanda Blaze won it, Ted DiBiase bought it, Drake Maverick won it, Our Truth won it. And it was a lot of fun. They were daft skits. It was a good way to use the legends in a way that didn't really get in the way of anything. It kind of enhanced the 24-7 story in a way that it probably needed to, as we just talked about. So all in all, yeah, like it was... that. Those were the kind of things that... I expected throughout. And a lot of them were just people standing in the background. So why even why even get them in? That's what I don't understand. It was a really confusing episode of Raw. I know we've done this before, and that's why I thought WWE was going to do this to shine a spotlight on their guys. I'm just surprised that they didn't. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Uh, where am I going? Lanaya DeVos, always supporting the channel. Much appreciated. I owe you two videos. I will send them to you. I haven't forgotten. What's your thoughts on main roster stars being on NXT to counter program AEW's TV show? Love your vids. Thank you for the hard work. Thank you for your support as well. We should talk about that. So um, it certainly seems like TNT are going to put AEW's weekly television show on Wednesday nights. And to counteract that, once WWE go to Fox, they may, may, not confirmed, put NXT on a Wednesday night so they have proper competition. And if they do that, they're going to start putting main roster stars on, on NXT. Now, if we do do that, we have to accept that NXT is no longer a developmental brand. And WWE should maybe, just in my opinion, take some kind of steps to ensure that we do still have a developmental program to ensure we're enhancing the guys and girls that, that, that we need to. 
it's, it'll be really interesting because it's almost a lose-lose for WWE. Because if they put NXT on there and it doesn't get the audience and AEW beats it, they can spin it if they want and say, we just beat WWE. And, you know, if NXT does beat them, well, you've kind of negated what the NXT product was to turn it into a proper television show. And that's just more WWE programming that you're asking people to watch. And it is going to get harder and harder. I think it's cool from a fan's point of view because it shows that WWE are taking them seriously. Despite what Seth Rollins has been saying in interviews this week that will kill them. Well, you may kill them, but you'll kill them because you're out to murder them. It's not they're going to kill themselves. And really, in a world of 2019, there is no such thing as competition just because you're on at the same time. We have streaming networks. We have YouTube. We have all these things where you can decide, you know, streaming uh, content on demand is massive. So it's not like you have to miss one program. That's why ratings, when you look at it like that, doesn't really matter. But I don't know. I mean, putting the main roster stars on NXT worries me a bit because we're already watering them down. We really need to be building stars up, which we're not doing, and then it would work. But it's interesting and it's fascinating. And if that's what WWE wants to do, Let's see how it goes. I'm sure that Fox would appreciate it on FS1. It would do a decent rating. And maybe that's why Triple H didn't get the Eric Bischoff or the Paul Heyman role. Because he knows this is happening and he wants to control his TV show on a TV station. It's fascinating times. Undead FB Jew in the Super Chat says, What's next for Al Bray? I do love his character. Well, let's keep having him take people out. So far, it's Finn Balor and Mick Foley. If he can take out another huge name next week, unless they just transition back into the Balor feud, which is fine, as long as he wins at SummerSlam, I'm completely all right with it. So far, so good, though. That's all I say. And again, I shout out, and I tip my own hat to Mick Foley for putting other younger wrestlers first. It makes me respect him so much more, and I respected him a lot anyway. So let's throw in the super chat. All these legends, no Repo Man, no Kevin Owen plus Stone Cold. I mean, Repo Man is a long shot because Barry Darso, the man that plays Repo Man, was involved in the WWE concussion lawsuit. Therefore, it is unlikely they have to make amends first, but I will keep my fingers crossed forever. Really surprised we didn't do Kevin Owens and Stone Cold. That That seemed like a lock to me. I guess maybe it's because Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't want to give anyone a stunner. Maybe he can't. I don't know the, the, the well-being of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He looked good, but, you know, maybe he didn't want to do it. But it did feel like a missed opportunity to really give that visual green light to the person, obviously, that is now doing the stunner, which is a big deal. The stunner, to many people, is the best finishing move ever and something that is synonymous with their childhood because Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Shorge Hahn in the super chat. Always appreciated it. Samoa Joe's promo is amazing. I just went with... They ended the segment with Roman after their brawl and built that for a SummerSlam program. It's very strange, the Samoa Joe-Roman Reigns thing, because you hit on the nail on the head. I mean, little spoiler, that somehow that segment got an up and a down. Because, you know, Samoa Joe comes out and cuts this incredible promo, basically saying the fans are dumb for even buying into this Raw reunion stuff, which he, he had a point. I knew where he was coming from. But then Roman Reigns comes out. They have a brawl. They have a match, and Roman won clean. So I'm like, that it? That's the feud? That's the feud? I've been to the toilet for longer than, than that feud lasted. So, I mean, put it like this. There's a little segment on this week's ups and downs for Samoa Joe. And I think it sums it up. As you know, if you watch any of my stuff, I love Samoa Joe. He should be the world champion. He should be pushed to the moon. It's not going to happen. you just got to accept it at this point. Even if they do do Samoa Joe versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, it's going to be really hard to buy into because I just saw Roman Reigns kick his ass. Roman Reigns probably wouldn't lose at the second biggest pay-per-view of 2019, which means Samoa Joe just loses again. And I don't necessarily want to see that. I don't know what we do with Samoa Joe at the moment. The US title thing kind of went away, but I got excited because I thought he was going to go for the WWE title, which he did, but then he lost. Now he's losing to Roman Reigns. 
It's crazy because everything he's given, he knocks out the park. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe they know that Samoa Joe is bulletproof. And he kind of is. When you're that talented and you can raise the bar to that level every time, it's like, well, we can do whatever we want with him. And he'll still go out there and smash it again next week, which he does. I don't know. I, that, 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 that was strange. There was a lot of oddities. A lot of oddities on, on, on this show in general. Like Eric Bischoff being there making awkward SmackDown references. Kurt Angle making matches between Rey Mysterio and Sami Zayn. Rey Mysterio just beating Sami Zayn in a couple of minutes. I liked RVD coming out. I didn't see that one coming. I, I popped for RVD's entrance. I thought that was really fun. Um, so I, but, but then again, it's the overkill because then Sergeant Slaughter was out there and then Kurt Angle was out there. And again, it goes from here and it goes down and it goes down because that's just how it works. Like If I give you one slice of cake and it's amazing and I force feed you nine bits of extra more, by that ninth piece or tenth piece, you're going to be like, I don't want any more cake. And if I keep pushing it down your throat, like I'm not enjoying this. And that... Well, that's, that's my analogy for Raw Reunion. And again, don't misconstrue that as me saying I didn't have a good time. I had a great time, but I like to put my critical hat on too. And I like to try and figure out how this helped the build to SummerSlam. I don't really have an answer to that. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. That was just my overwhelming feeling when I sat down to go, okay, well, what does this mean? Matthew Bailey in the super chat. I really enjoyed the Street Profits RVD promo. Well, the funniest thing about that promo is that not only did the Street Profits basically say we've been smoking drugs with RVD, they then went off to bang a bunch of hookers with the Godfather. That was what was implied. And what was that deal earlier with Charlie Caruso? When Godfather said to her, do you want to be aboard the Ho Train? She was like, yeah, dancing. Well, so she's a prostitute now? <laughs> don't put the Godfather back on TV in 2019. I know we loved it back in the day, but we don't need to see everyone. Some things don't age well. And I would say it ties into that. But I do like the Street Profits, and they're very entertaining. They're goofballs, right? But they're goofballs in a good way. Uh, my man Emil in the Super Chat says, uh, I haven't watched Raw, but it seems like a weird thing to make one big reunion show instead of using a legend on normal programming now and again. I totally agree. Uh, I think that would have done, done far. I just, think, I just think then you've got legs and you're looking to the future and you're trying to circumvent this ratings problem. And that's, that's why I understand this show too. Again, if this does over 3 million viewers, which WWE hasn't done in ages, even the post-WrestleMania show, the first hour did over 3, but the average was like 2.9. If this has a 3.2, for example, that's essentially a million people you convinced to tune in. And I don't know what they would have taken away. I don't know what they would have seen that would have made them said, we'll stay tuned, other than Bray Wyatt. And I would actually presume that's probably enough. Bray Wyatt is great. But why don't, don't risk it? Don't risk it for a biscuit. Throw everything at them. Give them two things, three things, four things. Give them a handful of new wrestlers they may not know about where they can be like, oh man, I want to buy into this. I want to see where this goes. Anthony Taggle in the super chat. I was at the live show and before, Ray Ma before the Raw main event was on, um, I heard, I was at the live show before Raw, main event was on, and I hope EC3, Cesaro, and Robert Roode become a heel stable on Raw. Well, they do keep teaming up. I don't know whether it's just to make use of them on those shows, but it was very, it, it's like the third or fourth week they've done this now, and it hasn't gone anywhere. But I hope they do it too, or if nothing else, put EC3 and Robert Roode as a tag team, and have them go after the championships, because they seem to have some kind of idea for Cesaro. They need new tag teams. Again, we're seeing the Usos and the Revival go round and round and round. There, there, there are ways and means. Chicken Salad says in Super Chat, are you going to watch Stone Cold's new show? Hell yeah. I even watched the Broken Skull Ranch. I just enjoy Stone Cold. I like his podcast. I just enjoy him. I just do. Undead FB Jew in the Super Chat. Raw was like a sushi conveyor of memories too much. It, it was true. It was. I went to Yo Sushi the other day where they just sort of send things around and you grab the little things that you like. 
I don't know, but it was fun. It depends how you look at WWE TV. I mean, it's the best show we've had in a while from an entertainment point of view. I just think it was a bit overkill, and I just think, yeah, we should have switched the OC and the the, the DX thing, even if Ricochet couldn't make it. You know, just, just switch it and go, okay, well, who do we need to get over? We need to get the OC, brand new stable. Need to justify AJ Styles' heel turn. Got to build Gallows and Anderson back up. Chat Machine or Magic Killer on... Uh, Magic Killer, sorry, on Triple H. He can take it. I know he can take it. I've seen him take it, but we won't do it. And again, I understand. It's a, it's a survival. It's a dog-eat-dog business. And you don't want to give away your your, your powers if you're not going to get any revenge, which obviously Triple H wouldn't do. But that doesn't mean it serves the purpose of what a show like that should be. So a lot of fun. I liked seeing Cena. I liked seeing Austin. Um, I liked seeing a lot of the other guys as well. I love seeing Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. But there was a lot to sort of raise your eyebrow, eyebrow and be like, I don't... <laughs> I, the Seth Rollins Miz TV... If you haven't seen, just go and watch it. The Seth Rollins Miz TV thing is one of the oddest, poorly, <laughs> poorly executed angles we've seen in a while when we're trying to book a lovable babyface. He was not that. <laughs> he, came across, he came across like Seth Rollins from 2015. He really did. And Paul Heyman kind of came across as a sympathetic baby fan. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Somebody please write in. Simon Miller, Simon Towers, Simonville, S-I-M-0-N. And I won't get that because that's not a real address. I just made it up. But I certainly would like to know what other people, uh, what other people thought about it. But yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin was great. There was no point pretending otherwise. It was fantastic. The man is... The man is special. Regardless whether you like him or not, he's special. You can see why he connected with the crowd as he did. He, whatever pro wrestling is meant to be, Stone Cold Steve Austin is able to, to sum it up in his character. And again, it's because he knows how to say no. And I think maybe that's something we need to see more of in 2019. Steve Austin, do you want to come back? Nope, not the right time. Steve, do you want to do this? Nope, doesn't work for me. Steve Austin, do you want to use a Brock Lesnar? No. We look back now and we go Steve Austin walking out was one. And he says it himself, one of the biggest regrets ever. But it may have actually served him well to this point because he's still got that aura around him, that atmosphere, that allure, this main event star feel. And that's because he protected himself and he wouldn't just do things for the sake of doing it. And now it's all paid off. And then some. Jeffrey Pridemore in the super chat. Just wanted to send some love. Have a great week. Thank you, Jeffrey. And thank you for always supporting Simon as Pro Wrestling Podcast and all of my stuff. You're a very good guy. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I hope you're having a great week. I hope you had a great weekend. Jamie Brennan in the super chat. Should Bray keep the mandible claw? Why the hell not, Jamie? Great shout. Absolutely great shout. Why not establish it there? It'd be like Kirby. If you want to play the Kirby games, basically Kirby inflates his enemies or inhales his enemies and inflates them. He inhales them and then he gets their powers. Why the hell can't Bray Wyatt do that? Still smashing with Sister Abigail, but now he can take on the Mandible Claw. And then when you look back on that Mick Foley segment, it's going to have even more weight because you'll start associating the Mandible Claw with Bray Wyatt. That is the chat of the day, Jamie. I'm going to start doing that with the Super Chats. We get Super Chat of the day. So far, Jamie is winning. I mean, I appreciate all Super Chats. I'm just saying that was a really good Super Chat. Podcasting Stone says, I thought Raw Reunion was boring and uneventful. Bray Wyatt is still all kinds of hype. It's still all kinds of hype, but they keep jobbing out Samoa Joe. Um, I can understand that. I did enjoy it, but I can understand that. Because if you went in thinking one thing, you didn't get it. You got the exact opposite. Bray Wyatt stole the show. Again, check out Ups and Downs in 28 Minutes over at Cultural Wrestling. You'll see what I mean. I, I, I can't explain some Ojo to you. So I'm not going to sit here and even, and even bother. Because I think it'd be a waste of all of our times. That's just where they see him. And again, I, I address it all Ups and Downs. I think my segment sums it up perfectly. Sometimes acceptance 
is really important. And I think that's where we are. That's where we are, where we are right now. Shout out to Drake Maverick as well. Drake Maverick, who I interviewed for this podcast ages ago when he was still with TNA or Impact, whatever it was called then, and said that he would always serve the story first, absolutely backed up his words, and then some. And uh, I I respect that massively. I think he's a lot of fun. Same with R-Truth. Same with um, everybody doing that. Um, Just um, checking to see if there's any news or anything that we need to talk about. We've mentioned NXT and how main talent will go if they go on FS1. Apparently, Steve Austin is going to make a Comic-Con appearance. That is rare. He doesn't do that very much. As I should, I should have mentioned it. TNT put a tweet out saying that they have a big announcement to come. It is just the TV deal. I joked that it may be Repo Man, and people started to get excited that it was CM Punk. It's just the it's TNT put out, not AEW. It'll be the name of the show and the time of the show. My guess would be, I don't know about specific times in America because I'm not good with the time difference, but Wednesday evenings, maybe 8 p.m. Central or whatever, I don't know, whatever America does. Um, yeah, Wednesday Night Dynamite. When every every two-hour show, once a week. That would that would be my guess. That that would be my guess. Uh, Richie Wolfson in the Super Chat. Upload that Alter Bridge reaction to Rock Reacts. I don't. I don't. It's up. Is, 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 we do have an Alter Bridge reaction coming. I think it's up, isn't it? If not, it's be there soon. Don't worry about it, Richie. Don't worry about it. Rock Reacts is going to have plenty of Alter Bridge stuff uh, coming down the line. And I think everything else is that's it that's where that's where we're at when we come to, to wwe this week not much to say about AEW. they continue to build to all out they've got their road to all out series which uh is, is is pretty good it's pretty well done it's shot it's shot it's shot very cool ring of honor is struggling at the moment just throwing it out there because it's true you know they, they had a big event in new york the other day but it didn't well it, it didn't have a, a massive a massive attendance so that's something they need to look at and I hopefully they can because i want everything to do well and yeah the other the other big thing was of course the the, the seth rollins interview which <laughs> i don't you tell me you tell me what you think about the seth rollins stuff because i uh i i i am i am perplexed about what's happened to that i just don't know i just don't get what this new direction he's going in I just don't get it. Simple as that. I don't get it. Uh, right, so we will answer some questions again. If you want to ask anything in the super chat, please do. Little dollar sign believe the chat box. And we've got some already, so we'll go through them if I can pull them up. Uh, can we please have a match between Simon Miller and Tom Campbell for the title of nicest person on YouTube? Well, not really, because by the token of being the nicest person on YouTube, you wouldn't do that match, would you? And you'd give it to the other person because you're a nice guy. Pi Marek, hi from France. Do you really think that show will help WWE's ratings? I mean, it was terrible. <laughs> not sure more people will come back after that. Your thoughts? Well, I think that they could, again, we kind of touched upon it. I think they would have come back if the Bray Wyatt may do it. I think Bray Wyatt is really cool. I think Bray Wyatt sparked something. A lot of people talking about Bray Wyatt. So, yes, in that sense. But outside of that, there did, there, there did need to be more. That's just a fact. Because if you tune in to see Stone Cold Steve Austin, you've got Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he's not there next week. So you did need a reason to, to, to put him on the show. Uh, in celebration of Nostalgia Stows, you have $20 to book some fantasy matches. Oh, I see. And, Nick, and I, I've been sent like this little chart. So in my $5 box, I've got Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, The Rock, Rick Flat, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. In my $4 box, I've got Matcha Man, Under the Giant, Bret Hart, Sting, John Cena, Triple H. $3, Goldberg, CM Punk, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Orton, Scott Hall, Brock Lesnar. $2, Chris Jericho, Booker T, Eddie Guerrero, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Ash, McFoley. $1, RVD, Million Dollar Man, Vader, Jake the Snake, Mr. Perfect Kane. And I've got $20 to spend. Well, I think you don't need a big card if you're doing nostalgia matches. So I'd spend $10 straight away 
on Hulk Hogan. You know what? I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah, I would, yeah. $5 on Hulk Hogan versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's $10. Because uh, people would tune in to say that. And then I'd spend my other $10 on... No, I wouldn't. I'd take that back. I would spend $15 on Hulk Hogan versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Then I'd take The Rock and I'm going to put him against Triple H. And that is $19. So I've got $1 left. And it's going to have a special appearance by Mr. Perfect because he's not alive and that would be quite the coup for me. Sucks that Mr. Perfect's dead. He would have been perfect on a show like that last night. I think, I mean, injuries aside, I think he totally would have got it. Uh, where was Sid last night? Well, interestingly enough, you say that. Sid pulled out at the last minute or within the week and WWE just decided not to tell us, thinking that nobody would care, which I do understand, but I cared. I was really looking forward to seeing Sid. When I saw his name in the list, I was like, oh man, Sid? I want to see Sid, and he wasn't there. So I was quite disappointed. Eh, what do you do? Card subject to change. Also, do you think they'll do a WWE 24 on Bray White once he's been reestablished in the ring? I hope not. Uh, I know that people wanted to retain an aura of mystique, but I'd love to see the behind the scenes of how he developed his versions of him and his interactions with Tom Savini. No way, man. I want Bray White to be the new Undertaker. Terrible choice of t- words, but it, it just, you know what I'm talking about. Undertaker never did anything like that. He barely ever spoke out of character. And I know there are things out there right now, but we hit reset, we start again. I want Bray Wyatt to be a, a mythical being within WWE. I, I, I want it to be weird and completely non-2019. You could do social media, but you do social media in the way he's doing it now. I want to be able to completely believe that The Fiend is real. And you do that by doing everything that Mark Calloway did. So no documentaries, no nothing. Do that in 20 years when all is done. Hi, Simon. Do you these nostalgia reunions just show how WWE are not making stars like they used to? Yes. It's not even that, though. Like I said, it's the fact that you need to use the old... It's called passing the torch, right? That was always a thing. Pass the torch. And when you pass the torch, you give someone else the rub. And it's not like we didn't do... We have done this before. So why we're not doing it 2019 where the, the old stars are even older? Of course, the older you get, the less... That's what I'm looking for. Uh, the less, I can't think of the right word, but the, the less you have, that's too much. But whatever that magic is inside of you that you've built up over the years, the further you move away from that, the less it means when you do give it to somebody else. So as we're sat here in the summer of 2019 under sweltering heat here in the UK, why you can't give a win to, you know, pick your favorite superstar here, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. I guess it was, I guess it comes down to politics and it comes down to hierarchy. No one's going to tell Shawn Michaels to lose. No one's going to tell Triple H to lose. No one's going to tell Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, different scenario because of their age, but no one's going to tell them to lose. So if they don't want to do it, they don't have to do it. And more power to them. They have culminated a career that allows them to have that much power and influence over what they do. But again, we can also talk about it from a fan's perspective and say, but wouldn't it be nice if? And wouldn't it make me want to watch more if? And that's fine. That's the argument to have, and that's the argument we're having right now. And that's, yes, it does tie into the issue of WWE not being able to build new stars. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating time we're living in in WWE, and I'm going to be really intrigued to see what the ratings are hour to hour this week and how that translates over. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm completely wrong, and WWE can laugh at me all the way to the bank because next week is amazing, and the week after that is even better, and it's all because of what happened here. I'm more than happy to be wrong. I'll do a backflip. Uh, Jeremy Brock says, no, in Super Chat, no questions. Just keep up the great work. Thank you, Jeremy. That's very kind. And Pothead Joe in the Super Chat, hanging out with RVD, says, why would Triple H turn on the club like that? I don't know. Because he can. And because that was the way that he he was booked to do it. Wouldn't it have been great if AJ Styles just punched him right in the face? 
Phenomenal form right in the face. Gallows Anderson jump in, take everybody out. If Scott Hall or Kevin Ash can't take a bump, whatever, there's ways and means. I think we'd be talking about that segment today. I think people have been really excited. I think it's a bit of a shame. Uh, and then FB Jew in the super chat. Why was Alicia Fox out with the legends? Well, I don't know whether I've made a mistake on ups and downs. I just presumed. If, I think she has an active contract, but they've now just decided to give her the hint and put her with the legends. But there have now been disparaging reports about that. I don't know. Maybe she just really likes hats. I can't answer it. Where was Hornswoggle as well? I thought Hornswoggle was supposed to be on this show. So many questions. So, <laughs> so many questions that we are never, ever, 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 ever going to get the answer to. Um, I'm trying to make sure there's nothing else on Raw that we should have talked about. I don't think there was. It was, I mean, I can check my notes from ups and downs, to be honest. I, I mean, we talked about the Becky Lynch stuff, which was good. I, I just, it's just strange. We had, yeah, we had Santina Morella. I guess there's a lot of backstage segments with Santina Morella. Oh, actually, no, yeah, the Drew McIntyre stuff. The Drew McIntyre, um, Cedric Alexander stuff actually filled me with a little bit of hope. Which sounds weird, right? Because I know Drew McIntyre kicked his ass. But I was convinced that we were going to have a match. And that Drew McIntyre was just going to win. But instead, it was relatively back and forth. I mean, Cedric Alexander kicked Drew McIntyre right in the head. But then Drew McIntyre got the upper hand. And not only did he get the upper hand, but he got the upper hand with the inverted Alabama slam, smashing Cedric Alexander's face into the apron on the outside. It looked devastating. And when something looks devastating, I can believe that it would take Cedric Alexander out. I'm worried that Cedric can't get anything out of this because they don't want to make Drew look weak. But I'm still, I'm, I'm going to hope. I actually thought that was decent. And it's one of the few things that actually had continuity from last week that got me excited about where we could be going. Because I love Drew and I love Cedric. I think they could be a real asset. Like when Cedric Alexander came out, he didn't get much of a reaction. But that's what we should be aiming to change now. Like introduce, like get people familiar with Cedric Alexander's music. Like it's little things like that which do help. Red Scott Sam in the super chat says, don't know how much you care about wrestling games, but it's weird how WWE K 2K20 hasn't been announced yet and it's nearly August. Well, that is true. Um, I'm sure they'll, they always have a plan. 2K know what they're doing. I'm sure some information will be out soon. But I love those wrestling games. I really, really do. Um, I thought the 2K's versions last was one of the best. Last year was one of the best they've done in a while. So well, you'll, we'll wait and see, right? I, I, I don't know what is known and what isn't known. But obviously, information will be out there soon. Because of course it will. It'll be out in a few months. Maybe they just, I don't think you need a long build to video games anymore. I don't want to get too off track. But sometimes I think when people announce stuff at E3 and it's not coming out to the following November, year and a half, it's too much. Sometimes saying, hey, man, that game you're used to is out in a couple of months and then we're going to trickle some stuff out to you week in, week out. I think that works quite well. I quite like it. Anthony Tagle in the Super Chat. Who would you like to see come back full time? Rob Van Dam. Like, I know he's not the, the performer he once was and I know he's signed to Impact. But when, again, when the music hit... I was like, oh, it's Rob Van Dam. I got a good reaction. I think he could probably offer something in the mid-card. Again, by putting other guys over, that would be his role. Whether he wants to do that or not is completely different. Otherwise, I don't think anyone massively... I mean, obviously, if I could book McFoley against Bray Wyatt, I would and have Bray Wyatt destroy him. But no, I, I think that we need to... We need to focus on, on who we've got. And we need to come up with ways to make them feel like superstars, which I think is a big takeaway from last night's show is you knew who the stars were, and you knew who the stars weren't. Like I say, I would argue that even Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair felt a little bit in the shadow of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Make of that what you will, arguing about it in the comments. But, you know, we have a lot of talent. I'm not saying that Mojo Rawley is the next big thing. 
but he's there. He doesn't do anything. Uh, EC3 probably deserves better. Cesaro does. Bobby Roode could be utilized more. And these aren't people to turn the company around. But these are people that have never really been given a chance. They don't get consistent storylines. I mean, when Bobby Roode and Chad Gable were teaming together, I quite like the tag team. And done correctly, if the division had been focused on, maybe it could have cemented something or at least offered us something different for now when we have, again, gone round the houses with the Revival and the Usos. So I don't think we need to go back to bring people in. I mean, there are people you'd want to bring back, right? Like if John Cena could come back, I think that would help. You know, in Dream World, if The Rock come back, of course that would help. Stone Cold Steve Austin, I don't think is, 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 is well, yeah, I mean, obviously you'd love him to come back, but he hasn't had a match since 2003. He's not, he's not built to do it anymore because of injuries. And that's why I respect him even more because Austin gets it more than anybody. Austin, as much as he loves the pop and as much as you can tell that's his environment, I think he understands how to balance that out with, yeah, but don't overdo it because that will then lower my stock. So when we do get to Raw's like last night, it's just the greatest thing ever. And I do think that's really important. Um, so no, I don't necessarily think you want you want everyone anyone to come back. A few people in the comments talking about Boris Johnson being the new PM of Great Britain. That is true, but we don't talk politics here on uh, on Simon Rez Wrestling Show. We will see how that goes, but it is not the greatest news in the world. And anyone that knows anything about British politics will understand why. But again, we don't we, uh, we, we don't need to we don't need to talk about it. So that was Raw. We'll see what they do on SmackDown later. Shawn Michaels is going to be a guest commentator. In fact, have they released the SmackDown preview? They don't often do it this early, but they may have done. But yeah, Shawn Michaels is going to be on there as a guest commentator, which is weird. I don't understand what they're they're going to do with that. We're going to get some fallout with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. I still can't believe that Shane McMahon... uh, Sorry, Kevin Owens wasn't on... Uh, this show with Stone Cold Steve Austin. But hey, the only thing they've got up at the moment is that Shane McMahon is to address Kevin Owens on SmackDown Live. Well, yeah, that, 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 that makes, a, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think there is a match between Liv Morgan and Charlotte again, which I hope so. Look, I, don't, I, I thought maybe Liv Morgan would go away for a while. But if they... Oh, I pushed the wrong button. But if they want to bring her back that quick, hey, man, strike when the iron is hot. I don't think that's the worst idea in the world either. Man, WWE.com's just gone nuts. Just click the preview button, WWE, so we can look at SummerSlam. So we've got WWE champion Kofi Kingston to issue a SummerSlam challenge. You've got to imagine it's going to be Randy Orton. I'm okay with that. Shane McMahon's going to address Kevin Owens. Uh, Ember Moon, sorry. Ember Moon is fine with Charlotte Flair. So that could end up with her being inserted into the, uh, what do you call it? Bailey versus Ember Moon match if Charlotte wins. So prepare to get mad about that. That will be interesting. Shia Michaels to be a guest commentator. Don't know what that's about. And yeah, will Daniel Bryan make his announcement? The fact that WWE haven't mentioned that at all worries me. If we go, I'll lose my mind on ups and downs if that happens. Emil in the super chat says, I'm from Denmark and wrestling is not even slightly popular here. Why do you think it varies so much from country to country how popular it is? I guess it depends how much exposure they have or how much they exposure they have when people were growing up. Some countries don't even have WWE on their television, so it's not going to be. They have to go out their way on the internet to watch it. As far as I know, I think we talked about this before, Emil. I don't think they tour in Denmark very much, so you're not going to cultivate the fan base that way. I think that's why they were such a big deal over here in the UK, because they treated us like we were the secondary market, and we were starved for wrestling over here years ago, and they gave it to us, plus they had the deal on Sky, so it did feel, it did feel like a big deal, and I just think there are other places that don't... They don't have that. They don't have the same... And, and, that's what, and that's what goes by country to country. Hence why they tried to grow in India recently. I know India is massive, but they thought maybe we can get more eyes on the product. Chicken salad. 
uh, in the super chat said, nice to see the king on commentary. I thought it was okay. A lot of people were like, oh, he's so much better than all the other commentators. Like, he probably was, but I didn't think it was a night and day thing. I will like to point out that Michael Cole, look, I think he does a great job, and I think he's hamstrung by the amount of obstacles and hurdles that's put in his way. But the, the commentary over Bray Wyatt, when it just needed silence, and he went, not now, not, he's like, oh, what are we doing? Don't, don't say anything. Don't, because also you shouldn't be sounding forlorn and sad. You should be sounding absolutely terrified. Who's this crazy man in a mask beating up old people? He's not, but that's the idea, right? That's the sentiment you want to take away. I don't understand that at all. And going back to SmackDown as well, yeah, we better get the Daniel Bryan announcement. I was genuinely very upset and very annoyed that we didn't do that seven days ago. And I get it, people go, oh, it's a tease, it's a tease. Okay, well, sometimes teases are too much. And sometimes you're in the mood for a tease. Sometimes you want the main event. We didn't get the main event. I, I, I want it to be massive. I want it to be something we can come on here and talk about and make wide videos on and go crazy on ups and downs. I want that to happen. Now is the right time to strike. We're a few weeks out from SummerSlam. Eric Bischoff is involved. We're moving to Fox in a few months. Let's build. Let's do fun things. We've got a good idea. You, you, can't, you do have to build long-term things. With announcements, you need to pull the trigger. Poof, and you need to get people through the door. Sheen got Sean Gohan in Super Chat. I'm okay with no Kevin Owens on Raw last night if it means no Vince or Shane. Fair point, Sean. Last night was for the fans, and I think they made the right move to stay off air. I can, I can absolutely understand where you're coming from, Sean. I would say it's a very good point. Um, I just think to really put over Kevin Owens being this stone-cold, stunning fool, it just would have been nice to have some kind of interaction. But you're right, it kept Vince off, it kept Shane off, and uh, I mean, it was for the fans to a certain degree, but there are certainly things I think they... I, you, you make a good point. I would just say that. Uh, right, so in ten minutes, nine minutes' time, the clock just changed. Of course, head on over to What Culture Wrestling to join in live with uh, Raw Ups and Downs. I'm not going to lie, it's a long old show today. There was at least 32 segments on this show on Raw. So you have to forgive me. I get through them as quickly as I could. But of course, in this remaining 10 minutes, if you do have anything to ask or anything you want to say, smash it in the super chat and we will get to it and we will talk about it and we will see what is next in the world of professional wrestling. But I, you know, I'm kind of glad that we have a quiet weekend. We've got Smackville on Saturday. Don't know what that's all about. They're doing a house show from Nashville in SmackDown territory, so it's called Smackville. Uh, we will be upping those downs, so we'll see how uh, we'll see how that goes. It's a bit weird and maybe a bit overkill. Hey ho, maybe it's a really good show. I don't mind them throwing house shows on the network. That's what it's there for. And it kind of justifies your kind of justifies your 9.99 a, a little bit more. But yeah, it did make me when someone sent it to me, I was like Smackville. And it does sound like you're going to get off your head on drugs. It just does. Obviously, smack is a drug, and build, for some reason, just make things sound drug-related. I don't know. I don't make the rules. That's just what happens. There was something else I just thought that we should have talked about that happened over the weekend or was going to happen. And now it has just slipped my mind as I stare off into the distance and hope that it pops back in. I don't think it's going to. Something happened this weekend. There was some kind of announcement that people were talking about. I don't know what it was. It can't have been that interesting. Instead, we'll talk about Silence Is Her Weapon Zero in the Super Chat, who said, I noticed they stopped making nameplates for the US title, and it irks me, considering how often it changes hands. I get why they don't make them anymore. Also, I wish the title meant something. It was an afterthought last night. I think the only comment we've got was Michael Cole just saying, oh, by the way, AJ Styles is the US champion. Um, yeah, it's... Well, it's a problem with all the secondary titles. It's the same with the Intercontinental Championship. It's the same with the Women's Tag Team Championship. It's the same with the Men's Tag Team Championship in many ways. They're just an afterthought. And I guess you could argue that the WWE title and Universal title feel less than they did. So if they feel less than they did, then the belts below them are going to feel even less than those did. 
You know, it's like a vicious circle. I don't get why they don't do it. Again, if AJ Styles is the US champion and you've got legends on the show, I don't know who that would be, but you should try and tie that into someone that's done something amazing with the US championship before. Make us believe in it. Otherwise, why even have them? There's no point having them if they're just props. You know, that, that, that's really, really dull. I really want to remember what this, something happened this weekend or recently and everyone was like crazy. I mean, everyone was talking about apparently how Eric Bischoff isn't going to be uh, involved in creative that much. Eh, we'll wait and see. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. That, 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 can, change. that can change in an instant. Uh, yeah, John, 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 uh, Josh Barnett and John Moxley are having a fight at Bloodstock 2, which would be really interesting. I quite like Bloodstock. It's really, really different. And I don't know what it was. There's no point me sitting here and trying, and trying to guess. Um, I mean, it's the same with the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, sometimes I, ask, it's, I did this with Raw. I was like, who is the US champion? And again, I was just like, I don't know. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's AJ Styles. I forgot. Like, who's the IC champion right now? I always go, uh, oh, it's Shinsuke Nakamura. I should just know. I should just know it should be a reactionary thing because I see them each and every week. But the truth of the matter is that we don't. We don't see those belts each and every week. They come and they go as they please. And that is... I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. You tell me because I don't understand. What I would like to say before we start wrapping up is uh, I don't know if we had done this uh, last week. Uh, the YouTube channel that you're either watching on right now or just hearing about because you're listening to the podcast version as we're live on YouTube uh, did surpass 70,000 subscribers. That is awesome. That is wonderful. Thank you so much to everyone who has supported the channel. You, uh, you, you made my day when, when I saw all of that. We did a special, did a couple of specials, did a Q&A last week and we did a, a, re- a commentary re- reaction last night because a lot of people asked me uh, to do that so they're up now you can check it out and if you are watching this live on youtube or just listening to it why not go give me a subscribe just search for my name simon miller you'll see me in the wrestling gear and i guess now it's the pathway to a hundred thousand and if my youtube channel hits a hundred thousands i will laugh till the end of time because so many people always told me miller youtube channel's not focused enough it's like a bag of rebels and they were right they were giving me good advice but i was like yeah but i'd rather be creatively stimulated in this sense so yeah it's uh, it's pretty crazy joe kerr in the super chat says no question just wanted to tell you why simon is the man i love your positive outlook and try to emulate my own mr positivity outlook too thank you man thank you joe thank you for the support thank you for just letting me know that again it really does make me very happy to hear that it's very inspirational it's very motivational and to know that i can affect you like that it's pretty damn cool it's pretty damn humbling I'll never quite believe it if I'm honest. Uh, Undead FB Jew says, Osprey versus Orton. Thank you very much. That is what it is. Oh, man. See, this is why Super Chat and lovely people are good. Yeah. So once again, Will Osprey was just tweeting away and Randy Orton responded to some tweet about smiles. And then within seconds, they were basically insinuating they were going to have a match with each other. Some people then thought that was Orton saying he doesn't feel like he's featured on the show enough, which can't be true because he gets to decide when he works, basically, in his... Uh, in his, his newly refined contract, it was like, I, I don't want to work full time. So he basically picks and chooses. Also, it looks like he's going to be in a world title match at SummerSlam. So I don't know what that was about. Look, would I love to see Will Ospreay versus Randy Orton? You're damn right. I think Randy Orton's underrated. I think we've all got used to Randy Orton to the point we've forgotten. He's actually quite special. And Will Ospreay right now is smashing him. I know I haven't talked about the G1 much. I'm going to talk about the G1 when it's done. Because they're basically doing shows every day. I can't keep up with it all. I watch what I can. However... Osprey versus Okada was ridiculous. Uh, if you haven't seen Ishii versus John Moxley and you're only used to Dean Ambrose stuff, just go and watch it. I don't know how. I mean, New Japan World would be the best way. I don't know if there's other means you can do it if you just want to check out that one match. 
But the G1 tournament to me, don't even matter if you don't know anything about New Japan, you're just a WWE guy, that's fine. But the G1 tournament to me is a great example of why we need more tournaments in wrestling. I really want to see WWE bring that back. Because here you do see guys losing. You do see Ibushi losing. You see Osprey losing. I think Okada's lost it, but he could. And because it's a tournament, and because within a couple of days they're back and likely getting a win, it really establishes and underlines that wins and losses do matter. It goes to show you that it's okay to lose, because that's WWE's big worry, is that if somebody loses, we're going to kill them. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. And you can establish that just by showing people, oh, look, but he's back. And they're all going after points. And also, you can say, well, they're all exhausted. It's like when a football team has to do, you know, multiple matches in five days. And, oh, well, they're going to struggle on the third one because they're not going to be as strong and as focused as they were on the first one. I would love to see that back in WWE. I think they could absolutely do a round-robin tournament that lasts a few weeks. I think people would love it. I think you could establish new stars. You'd get matchups that you never thought you'd see before. Like, who do you have the other day? Like, Tai Chi versus Jay White, I think it was. No, it wasn't Tai Chi. I can't remember who it was. But it was just, it was just nuts. And you weren't expecting it. And the stories that you get. Like, Zack Sabre Jr. has been struggling. And Jay White can't get a win to save his life. Like, he's hit a rut. And that makes it feel like sports. And this is not me saying I want WWE to be like New Japan or vice versa. I don't. I want my WWE to be WWE. And I want my New Japan to be New Japan. I don't ever want the two to, to cross. Otherwise, what's the point? Otherwise, we may as well just have one big slab of wrestling. Which I don't think is interesting at all. Um... But it is cool. It's a really fun tournament. And I guess because I don't get that from my WWE, it makes it feel even better. Don't get me wrong. I watch most New Japan matches terrified that someone's going to be killed. But those guys are incredible. Doesn't mean they're the best. That's up to you to decide. And if you've got an affiliation with Japanese wrestling, great. If you've got affiliation for Western wrestling, that's great. I just think it, it, it's not even the in-ring style, which I do love in New Japan. But I get a real kick out of knowing that I can sit down and I can watch... I don't know, Tanahashi versus Abushi. I don't think that's happened this tournament at all. But that's two top guys, and you're like, I'm not 100% sure who's going to win, and I'm not 100% sure who's going to lose. But I'm not going to look down on the other guy for losing, because I know I can catch him in a few days, and he's going to be trying to get his points back. I think that's a great, I think that's a great balance. Uh, and on that note... Thank you very much for joining me. It's almost 2 p.m. Head over to What Culture Wrestling. I'll be in the chat as we go through the Raw reunion ups and downs. You get my proper thoughts here. You just kind of get a bit of a, a bit of amusing. We get into it deep and dirty on there. A mixed episode, some ups, some downs. I think that's fair. I'm sure everybody will get mad about it, but hey-ho, that's the, that's the same as every week. Thank you so much to everyone that supported me in the Super Chat this week. It really does help the podcast. Thank you to everyone that supports me on Patreon too, patreon.com forward slash Simon316 at Simon316 on Instagram and Twitter simonmiller.bigcartel.com for merchandise again if you're on YouTube links in the description below and give me a subscribe give me a subscribe to my YouTube channel just youtube.com forward slash Miller Report Rules like this video share this video uh, make sure you tune into other live streams that I do the more people I get the more revved up I am to do them that's the nature of the beast and thank you for just giving me your time you don't have to do this but I appreciate that you do uh, right, it's time for ups and downs. Let's head on over there. Thank you so much again. Sorry for the fan noise in the background. It was 100% necessary, I promise. And yeah, I'll check you again. Yeah.